Today is December 12th. The winter meetings were absolute fire for other teams. But the Bucks win the lottery. Rule 5 draft, new Buckos, free agents going everywhere. Let's break it down. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, you're listening. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh, and I'm joined as always by my brother Jake. What's up, Jake? Hey man, how's it going? It's going all right. Creeping up on Christmas time. Oh no, man. It's crazy. Exciting for you? Like you guys are way in. We've talked about this before. Yeah, I mean. It's, it's both exciting and nerve-wracking sometimes because, especially this year, you know, we're, we're so far away and we, we just decided, hey, we're, it's time. With this. this is the year we cut back a little bit, you know, with like, especially like actual gifts. Like we're still doing some gift cards here and there and stuff like that. But um, when you're traveling, because we're, we're, we're leaving here Wednesday to come home back up north and uh, it's just... You're limited on space, especially when we have to take the dogs. So, oh, you are. T- I wondered what what you're yeah, doing. We you're were taking the boarding. dogs. How long's that trip? Oh, it's it's gonna be 16 hours. It's 14, 14, I think. If you're like just on the road straight going, you know what I mean. No, no stopping Whoa. for gas, no nothing. But I think it usually pans out to about 16 hours. They're gonna go nuts. You give them medicine? No, pills? no. They actually they did really well on the trip down. We, we put the seats in the Jeep down. The back seats get laid down, and they got the whole back end of the Jeep to do whatever they want. So mm. they're pretty good. They sleep all day anyway, so it's not much different for them. Man, that's nuts. Okay, so yeah, in in the long trip, that's good. Mm-hmm. We don't – I guess we have – like when we come home uh, to see you guys when you're in, that'll pretty much be our only travel. Uh, I guess Katie and the kids might travel a little bit too. For me – that's it. So I kind of cut a lot of the travel out. We had kids. It was like, nah, we're doing Christmas here. Yep. So, well, speaking of Christmas and winter, the uh, the the winter meetings that were in San Diego. So like, it doesn't. It's not like the winter. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's seventy degrees. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless I go there, it rains the whole time. But the winter meetings... No, you've been there one time. I've been there one time. It rained the whole time. So <laughs> my knowledge of San Diego is it just rains all the time. And like flooding, roads closed everywhere. <laughs> so no, San Diego is not ideal. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh, winter meetings were like an absolute sprint. A lot happening. Um, we're going to get into a lot of it. Uh, but as much as we're going to get into like the league and the stuff around the league, uh, we're, I think we got a new thing. I think the the 60 seconds around the league last week was maybe something that we're going to try to stick to. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good format to get us in and out of all that for those yeah. Bucko fans who could care less, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some important things that happened specifically with all of these free agents moving the way that they moved 
And I think that some of this is, uh, is going to be part of our discussion here today. Um, it's definitely going to be part of our discussion here today, uh, but probably later on. So I guess if, if we're going to put an update out there, the last I've heard of the Brian Reynolds situation, Ken Rosenthal had an article on The Athletic where he basically said that there was a rival executive um, or official or whatever who was, he said, exaggerating but said that the Pirates are looking for a Soto-type package for Reynolds. Another one said Reynolds is super expensive, and there was a third one that he described him as unlikely to move. So as you tune into this and you're thinking that you want him traded or you're thinking you want him to stick around or whatever, this is just the news that's coming out. For the Pirates... And I don't want to spend a ton of time on this. Um, that's probably a good thing that that came out. I mean, because what it's doing is it's resetting here. Mm-hmm. At first, it was like, oh, he wants a trade. You just lost all your leverage. But it's proof that they don't. They didn't. They don't have to do anything. Right. And this here maybe kind of like further drives home the fact that if you want Brian Reynolds, you're going to have to pay. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a Soto type package, right? That was an exaggeration, right. but the idea is that he's very expensive. And the Pirates aren't just going to give him away for nothing. Like, they have him for three more years. Mm-hmm. If you want him, it's you got to make it worth it. Yeah. Also, uh, there was uh, David Bednar and Jack Swinsky. There was some things with them as they were going around, and they were asked about it. Neither yeah. one of them have talked to him, but both of them kind of echoed the same thing, that they were like, oh, we know who Brian Reynolds is. This is not going to be an issue. He's going to come to play and he's a great teammate. And I don't, they said, we understand there's a business side of this game and it just doesn't show up in the locker room. And I think, I I think that I believe that to a certain extent, if he shows up and he is a butt about it, I think that's different, but he doesn't have to be. Right. Yeah. And and I don't think he will be. I think Brian Reynolds is going to show up and, and go to work. And, you know, from everything you've heard from Sherrington to, uh, wow. I feel terrible right now. Yeah. Shelton. Uh, Shelton. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they both, they both have the utmost respect for Brian Reynolds and, and they both don't seem to think that it'll affect work. Um, Well, both of them really want him on that team. Yeah. yeah. I think that is the non-negotiable thing is he's a great player. Managers Mm -hmm. want great players. GMs want great players. That's it. Whether it happens or not, that's not today. But what it right. what it is is they want him to stay. And so mm-hmm. as of right now, he's staying, but whatever. And they have him under control, so they have every right to keep him on the team. That's right. They have every right, and it, does, it doesn't have to be a thing. The business mm-hmm. stuff can be taken off, can be handled off the field, and it is what it is. All right. So let's get into winter meetings because there's a Rule 5 draft. There's... The draft lottery, there's the fact that we actually signed a couple guys. Then there's a couple other things that we want to get to that kind of revolve around the fact that like we did sign two guys, but it didn't, it didn't, the, the, the results coming out of the winter meetings do not match the urgency that was spoken. And I think that there's maybe a little bit of reason for that. So... It's time to go around the league. Are you ready for this? I got a new ticker. I got 60 seconds, and I I timed this earlier 
And then I added like three lines to it. <laughs> so if you guys are wanting to hear all of these moves, you might want to click the like 0.5 speed or 0.75 speed on your podcast uh, player because I might go a little quick. Are you ready for this? Get on it. Get on it. Here we go. All right, Aaron Judge re-signs with the Yankees. Nine years, $360 million. Trey Turner signs to the Phillies. Eleven years, $300 million. Phillies also get left-handed pitcher Matt Strom. Two years, 15. Along with Taiwan Walker. Four years, 72. Xander Bogarts leaves the East Coast. Goes to the Padres for 11 years, $280 million. The Giants sign Mitch Haniger. Three years, 43. Kenley Jansen to the Red Sox. Two years, $32 million. Red Sox also signed Masataka Yoshida from Japan, five years, $90 million, plus the $15 million posting fee. Blue Jays get Kevin Kiermeyer, Andrew Haney to the Texas Rangers, two years, 25. Josh Bell with Cleveland, two years, 33. Red Sox also Chris Martin, relief pitcher. Our division, Wilson Contreras to St. Louis, five years, 87. Tyone to the Cubs, four years, 68. Cody Bellinger to the Cubs, one year, 17. How about the Mets? Verlander, two years, 86. Q. Uh, two years, 26. Resigned Brandon Nimmo, 162 for eight. I ran out of time, but I'm just going to finish here. David Robertson, one year, 10 million. Kodai Senga from Japan, five years, 75, no trade, all the things. And all we have left is Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, Carlos Rodon, and so many more still. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's that. Those extra lines were difficult. That was my two <laughs> seconds or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a couple things here. I mean, don't don't comment on all of them, but a couple of things here. So first off, I'm going to tell you the ones you can't comment on just because not you can't, but the ones that are like, okay, judge, it, it was done, right? I mean, like we mm -hmm. kind of figured this is what was going to happen. Yeah. They were pushing this. Mm -hmm. um, the Phillies hit it big. I mean, they were in the World Series. They lost Gene Segura. You know what I mean? They There was kind of like a, what are we going to do? Harper's out for half the year. I mean. I don't know. Just pick up his best friend. Are they really close? Yeah. Okay. Trey Turner to me, though, that one just makes the most sense for the Phillies. He wanted East Coast. His mm -hmm. wife's family's from New Jersey. He works out in Miami. That was the thing the whole time. And it was like, he's going he East Coast. He didn't want to go to LA. No, no. He didn't if want anything to, to do him, with he it. He would have blocked that. Yeah. So... I'm not surprised it was Phillies. I don't know who else would have been in on him. Like the Yankees were clear early. They weren't. Yeah. So once that was done, I was like, he's going to the Phillies. And yeah, then I thought he was the, I thought he was the second, second biggest free agent out there. Free agent. Or are you saying shortstop? No, he was the second. In my opinion, he's the, the second biggest free agent to land that'll that, bang for buck, I guess. Judge. That's what I said. Second best. Yeah, yeah. So Judge is your one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I I get it. Well, I mean, he landed the, the most, second most money too, but for my money, he that is the way it should be. He's the number one shortstop. Yes. Yep. And I would say the number two shortstop is Xander. In my opinion, mm -hmm. he's the number two. And then Dansby. Mm -hmm. I'm dead serious. Carlos so Correa, I'm, I'm right there with you. Carlos Correa is going to have a hard time because people don't like him. Yeah, he's one of the most hated players in MLB. 
the Dodgers have already said, we have no interest in Carlos Correa, the person. Right. It's like, I mean, yeah, whatever. 2017, big deal. But like, be nice to people. And people, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't sign him. I'd, I'd, I would, oh, this is, I'm going to say this and you guys can kill me for it. I'd rather have Kevin Newman playing shortstop for my team than Carlos Correa. I think there's probably some false to that. <laughs> I think I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm I think sure I'm there wrong is. there. I think when it pushed yeah. game to shove, I would pick him, but I don't have to make those decisions. So I'm sticking to it. And I only <laughs> use Kevin Newman because of the fact that we talk about him here or used mm-hmm. to. So anyway, um, I don't know. I, I guess that's really it. The Mets are the other thing. Uh, they went hard, real hard. And they lost DeGrom. So, you know, I get it. They lost DeGrom and Taiwan Walker, and they replaced them with Verlander, Quintana, and uh, Kodai Senga. So uh, more on that later. I, I'd say we move on. We will talk about yep. Quintana signing there later in the show. Um, but I think that's that pretty much wraps up anything that that kind of sticks out. Um, except for, I was surprised to see Xander leave the Red Sox. It seems like they were not willing to go to the lengths that the Padres, which in every other deal they were, they offered four hundred million to Aaron Judge, they offered three hundred million to Trey Turner. Like they were trying to get everyone, basically. Yeah. And it was like every time somebody signed, you just were waiting for the news to break that the Padres were all like were second in line. <laughs> I just, I just, I to, for me the only the only thing that stuck out to me really big time on the free agency in general is those two Trey Turner and Bogart's got 11 years. Yeah. It's a long time for, you know, Trey Turner's 30. Um, no, I think it got him to his age 40 season. So yeah, I think this, this will be his age 30 season then. Right. Is that how yeah. that works? Yeah. Okay. Still, it's just crazy. It's just, even, even these are even short signing contracts. Yeah. Even signing contracts through their, 39 season like this is a dying thing nobody wanted to go past 36 before yeah but this was the thing to get the guys and it almost feels like the free uh, the the gms are just like who cares i probably won't be here in 11 years i won't have to deal with it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, maybe yeah or may i don't know i have no idea the the thing is is that they're all doing the big long uh deals because they can just trade them and not have to pay them for the last four years of that yeah. But not only that, well, except for Trey Turner was like absolute no trade clause. Yeah. But Philly's fine with that. Because what they did was by stretching it out, they're paying less per year, which yeah. is luxury tax help. And you want the big, big number? That's fine. We're, we'll give you the big, big number, but it's going to be a, more years, which is great mm-hmm. for these players. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Judge signing with the Yankees for the rest of his career, that makes sense to me because the Yankees are a team that can have a Derek Jeter. Uh, but even even the fact that Bogarts didn't sign back with the Red Sox, like, it's proof that you can't... Players are not going to play for the same team their whole career. Right. It's just not going to happen. If it does, it's going to be super, super rare. You're going to have Kershaw in L.A., Judge in New York, Outside of that, like even the mega guys, like Verlander's now on his third team. Third team? Yeah, because he was only with Houston after Detroit. Scherzer yeah. went from Detroit to from Arizona to Detroit. Arizona, Detroit, Washington, LA, 
New York. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It, it's something that just isn't going to happen anymore. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing I could say is kudos to Tyone for getting for getting the big deal. Yeah. I, I know it's with the Cubs, and I know that that may not favor him. Like, that's... <laughs> That's not going to be necessarily a great park to pitch in. Um, but kudos to him. And, man, Wilson Contreras did the absolute Wilson Contreras move. He's been a jerk his whole career. And how, I mean, like, he just gave a big middle finger to the Chicago Cubs fan base by signing with the Cardinals. So I just think it's par for the course for that guy. Um, so you, you're on that You're on that board? That's absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm not, if they're the only team wanting him, and they're offering the most money. Like, I get it. But, like, it's par for the course. The Cubs were willing to spend money this year, too. He he could have probably gotten that from the Cubs. Yeah. But, yes, absolutely, I'm on that. Like, I don't, I don't think. The Cubs in the... I don't know that there's a team that the, that the Pirates really have right now because they've been bad for so long that, that matches the Cubs-Cardinals. You know what I mean? Like the, it's like Yankees Red Sox. If you played for the Yankees or the Red Sox, you can't sign with the other one. And I know guys have done it, but like to me, it's like that's ah, kind of uncool. Yeah. Especially if you spent like a significant amount of time in a at a at a at a place and they liked you. Because now they don't like you. Now nobody likes you. The fan base that you're going to don't like you. And the fan base <laughs> that you just left no longer likes you. You've got to earn it all over again. I think I think I don't I don't think that it's the fan base you're going to doesn't like you. I think as soon as you're in there, as soon as you sign with them, you're like, all right, now we don't have to face him anymore. Uh, I'll come do that over here. Not when you're like him, though. Like, he's an in-your-face, I-want-to-fight-you kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But also, I just think that it's going to take some time. Cardinals and Cubs fans, like, that's a big thing. They hate each other. I think there's more than just like, oh, we don't like the Brewers because they used to beat us all the time. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we, you know yeah. what I mean? It, it's different. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see it play out. It'd be, sure. it's, it's like the giants in the, it's like the giants in the Dodgers. Like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. When, when, when Jock Peterson signed with the giants, it was like, Ooh, that hurts. But at least he went around to other teams for a while first. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was mm-hmm. a little bit different. Less than the blow. Yeah. So anyway, we, we did take too much time on that. <laughs> it's fine. Let's get into the Rule 5 draft, because the Pirates did select somebody. So, yeah. Picked third? Yeah, picked third. Jose Hernandez. And I know that name sounds awful to most of us, but this is the pitcher, not the strikeouter. Um, do you remember that name? <laughs> no. He came over in the Aramis Ramirez deal. The infielder? Jose Hernandez? Oh, okay. Wasn't that his name? Okay. Uh, oh, don't call me crazy. That was his name. I'm not I'm not calling you crazy. You remember names more better than I do, especially when it comes to this stuff. Oh my gosh, I have to Now the only one coming up is is the one that I expect it to be, right? Dang it. I swear to you that was his name. He struck out a ton. <laughs> and he barely played. He still struck out 150 times. The real lanky dude? Yeah. Shortstop, third base, and was terrible. And it was just part of the Aramis Ramirez trade, which is what made it even worse. Like the yeah. the most lopsided trade in Pittsburgh Pirates history. Fight me if you think it's Archer, Archer because I could show you numbers that it's not. 
Um, anyway, Jose Hernandez is, uh, what do we got? I got some numbers here on the, on the YouTube hard thrower, left-hander. When you look at a guy that they're going to pick on the rule five draft, I think this guy pretty much checks all the boxes, right? Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does this year. A fastball, you know, 95, 97, touching 101. Yeah. He's going to see this power breaking ball. And, and like, the the K's per nine now. So he's only been to Double A, but he's twenty four years old. And last year in Double A, like the strikeouts per nine over almost eleven. Walks were a little high, but like he doesn't doesn't give up the home run. So like I don't know. Like there's some mixed numbers on him. There's some control issues. I watched some highlights. Like he's he lights it up, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I think I think it'll be a piece that we, you know, put him in a bullpen and see what he's got. And, and he's an all bullpen guy. Like, you know, that's yeah. that's the thing. Like he's committed, he's moved to the bullpen. This is not a maybe starter kind of guy. Um, but to give you a second lefty to the guy that we'll talk about later, Harleen Garcia that we just that we just signed is very important. I mean, we had no lefties. Yeah. So, you know, maybe this guy's the early in the game, low leverage, work him in. And the good thing is, is he does have all three minor league options. So if we get through this season with a five ERA, sure, I get it. If we get through this season, we could still send him down and let him like get him through things. Now, granted, 40 man roster spots are at a premium, so he's going to have to be somewhat good. And if yeah. he's not, and he comes into spring and he's terrible, or he's halfway through the season, he's terrible, you offer him back. You know what I'm saying? If they take him, great. If not, you pass him through waivers. If he clears, he clears. Yeah. So, like, it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good. I think it's a it's a it's a position that we needed. If it works out, great pick. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's just not. It's just fine. You send him back. Right. At least you have another lefty out there, right? What do you got? Yeah. What do you, what's so funny? No, I was just, um, you know, you were mentioning the trade. It's a July 23rd, 2003. We got Kenny Lofton and Jose Hernandez. Yeah, you looked it up. And we Pat only kept Kenny Lofton. And a player to be named later. Which was. Said, Dang it, Bobby Hill. Yes, Bobby Hill. <laughs> Dang That's it, when Bobby. I chuckled. Yeah, and that was terrible. All of them with a negative war. And Kenny Lofton barely spent any time here. He did have a positive war with the Pirates, but like barely because he barely played. Mm-hmm. And Aramis Ramirez went on to have like 30 war in his career or something crazy like that. Like <laughs> it wasn't even close. No, wait. No, we sent we sent Kenny Lofton to them, right? No. Yes, we did. Oh, you got did me on this. Wrong? I think you did. I think we sent Lofton and Ramirez to them. Yeah. Ramirez was traded to the Chicago Cubs with outfielder Kenny Lofton mm-hmm. for Jose Hernandez, Matt Brubach, and Bobby Hill. Yeah. One of the most lopsided trades. Trade. So he he had a, a, a plus war for them. Dude, it's absolutely the worst. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, so this is a different Jose Hernandez. He's much younger. Um, another Dominican guy, which mm-hmm. we talked about before. Like we've we've you know we've got 
several of them now, and that kind of thing matters. Yep. So I, you know, that's a good thing. Um. So in the process, uh, in the process, uh, we did lose Blake Sable, picked right after on the fourth pick. The Reds picked him, traded him to the Giant Giants right away. Um. So that was either a favor that the Reds did for the Giants. Or the Reds knew that the Giants were interested, so they snatched him up and said, you guys want him? Huh? It'll cost you. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever. However that happened, um, he's not going to be in division. He will be in San Francisco. So we'll see. I know a lot of people liked Blake Sable and did not want him picked. I think that um, I don't really remember. I'd have to go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure we were kind of in that camp that said, um, he may, he may not, but I won't, like I'm not scared of it, right? Um, the one guy that I was most concerned about was Cody Bolton and w- nobody picked him. So good. Right. Uh, Malcolm Nunez was the other one that you and I talked about, uh, also wasn't picked. So not a big deal. A matter of fact, there were some bats that I thought really had a good chance of being selected all across the board that weren't. Yeah. Um, now the number one guy for me, number one guy for me, uh, was Thad Ward from Boston. He was the guy that I said, ah, I know he's right-handed, but that's the bullpen piece I would want. He was selected first overall to Washington. So I kind of felt good about that. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> that <laughs> means I had something right. Yeah. Um. So, uh, okay, just to touch on it, because it's a thing, the minor league portion, we lost 11 players. We only drafted two. And we tried to draft a third guy. Oh, they pick such and such. I forget the name. And then it was like, um, hang on. And then there was like this long silence. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? Then all of a sudden it was like, Pirates Pass. I was like, what the heck? You said a name. What, did you not know how to say it or what? Turns out (laughs) this particular player was suspended for PEDs, which means he's ineligible to be drafted in the Rule 5. (laughs) And it's like, you you didn't know that rule? But then the fact that they passed means that they just weren't going to pick anybody else up. They went into this thing with 31 players on the AAA reserve list. Now, technically 32. Blake Sable would have been one of them. He was drafted. So 31. That means you are planning on picking like eight guys. Oh, it's 38. So you planned on picking like six guys. And you only picked two. The problem with that is, is now you still have these spots available that just disintegrate because they don't, the the only point of this reserve list is for this draft. It doesn't exist during the season. Like this isn't something (laughs) that exists. So you just left guys unprotected and boy, did they get picked? I don't know what the rules are or what the, what the records are or how important it is to lose 11 players, but I mean, it's gotta be significant to your organization. Jared Oliva, which I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Peter Solomon is the guy we just picked up off waivers off Houston and passed through waivers. I don't care about that one either. Um, Emmanuel Mejia, who was 2021's reliever of the year (laughs) for the Pirates. Now he had a really poor 2022, so maybe it doesn't matter, but it's just kind of like, you know, and there's a bunch of other guys on the list, but just kind of weird. Yeah. Like how do you mismanage that, that bad? (laughs) I guess goes over my head. I'm not sure how you messed that one up. So I I just don't know why you, I don't know why you leave that many spots open if you didn't intend on filling them. 
or if you were just trying to say, maybe some guys will get some of these guys out of our hands. But I just can't imagine you would do that. And I mean, I guess the first, the guy that was picked first overall, um, you know, I'm not familiar with him, but apparently he's like, we should have done that. Like we should have had, we should have kept a hold of him. <laughs> he's a good pitcher. So I don't really know. But speaking of drafts, there was the draft lottery for the first time ever. Major League Baseball had a draft lottery to select the first overall pick in the draft. And this is a way to try to get people from, to try to keep people from tanking and not just going after that first pick. But I didn't really understand a lot of how it worked. Uh, you and I looked it up before and, you know, you were familiar with pieces of it. I was familiar with pieces of it. But it turns out only the first six picks were picked, were selected. Um, nothing else, everything else just fell in the order that they were in. So they select those first six picks and then after that, they just announced everything. I guess they said it was like two hours before. Mm-hmm. And you know it's not rigged because the Pirates get the first overall pick. <laughs> and I said that. I was like, if it was rigged, they would have never let that happen. Yeah. Because a lot of people would just say, like, no, we can't give it to them. They're doing this. On, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I called you during this, right, while they were announcing this. And I called you. And this, so this is kind of the thing. Like, what was your reaction to it? I went into this thing so calm. Like, I don't know what this is going to be like. I don't pay attention to the NBA. So I didn't know how the NBA one works. Mm-hmm. And so you're just kind of watching. And as I'm watching, it's like they're all falling in the order that they're in. So I'm like, what is this draft? Like, this is boring. <laughs> and then they skipped Minnesota. I was not familiar with the, they only drafted the top six picks. Right. right. I didn't even look this. I was just like, okay, there's a draft, whatever. I don't even know what this, you know what I mean? Then they gave chances and I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me, which I, I understand it now. We looked it up. I understand it. But at the time, Minnesota skipped. That means they're in the top six. And I'm like, how the heck do you know that? <laughs> <laughs> So there was some pieces of this that were a little over my head, but I called you and I was like, you know, and you said it quickly. You were like, well, they only drafted the first six. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> now I understand how they know. <laughs> so as it went down through, I was like, all right, so let's just get through these. Why don't we just announce the top six? And then you just understand who falls into place after that. Like, why even go through this? Well, because apparently it added drama. Because now you start counting all the teams that are getting entered in. And there was three, right? There was three outside of the top six that ended up in the top six. Mm -hmm. There was the Rangers. Was the Rangers in there? Yeah, the Rangers, the Twins, and who was the other one? Waiting for your slide to pop back Oh, yeah, we do have a slide that, that shows the results. I think it's coming up next. Nope, there's still one more. <laughs> this is just showing like... Some first-round draft picks and all that stuff. The A's were in the top six already. And they and they dropped out. They dropped out. Twins, Tigers. Tiger. Tigers were not in the top six. No, A's are in the top six still. The Reds and Royals dropped out. I think it was only two. I think it was only two. Either way, I don't have that tab open anymore. It really doesn't matter. The thing is, is two people were forced into it who got like, the Twins got a really good draw on this. Mm-hmm. They moved up a lot. So the idea is if the Pirates were not selected in the top six, the lowest they would have drafted was ninth. Yeah. So once I found that out, I was like, well, this is not really that big of a deal. Like picking top 10 is still good. 
And sometimes that first overall pick is tricky anyway if it's not a clear-cut guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, there's questions there, but top 10 is still good. That's still significant. So I was like, okay, it's, you know, I'll watch this. It's not a big deal. As it built up, you kind of had, like, just default. You kind of had some nerves. Nothing. What? Yeah, I was. Yes, I, I had nerves. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I don't so, know why. I don't know why either. I, did. I didn't care that much. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they flipped that card over that said Washington, and literally in my living room, I cheered out loud. Katie cheered out loud, and even our eight-year-old was like, "Woo! That means the Pirates got it!" And we're she doesn't even know what it is, probably. <laughs> but they won, and she was pumped. Yeah. And I didn't expect to react that way. Yeah, no, me neither. Uh, I really didn't because we we talk about the draft all the time, and it doesn't. It's it's not the NFL draft. It's not the NBA draft. You know, these people don't make an impact on a base major league roster for years. Yeah, especially if they're high school guys. You're talking six yeah. years before you're going to even really make the you know see these guys around. So yeah. it, it's 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 really important for the front office guys. It's really important for the scouts. It's really important for Ben Sherrington and his people. Not that important for guys like us who are fans who want the Pirates to be good. I don't care if Greensboro's good, other than the fact that it means that someday we might be. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you see what I'm saying here. Like mm -hmm. When it comes to 2023, I don't care if our minor league teams are good. I I care if the you know you know what I'm saying like obviously yeah. I do but like I'm a Pirates fan if I lived in Greensboro I'd care more about whether or not Greensboro was good in season sure. I get the significance of it but anyway um so the video comes out the Pirates are saying here's the moment we found out they were very excited to have the number one overall pick rightfully so mm -hmm. they all cheered the same way that I did in my living room. And it means a mm -hmm. lot more to them than it does to me. <laughs> so the beef that a lot of people have, is it justified? I mean, it, it, this is important to them. Absolutely. This is a big deal to have the first pick. Yeah. I, I mean, think if I was to go back in time, maybe just don't post that reaction on social media. <laughs> I have no problem with you being excited about having the first pick. And I really don't even have any problem. Like when I saw the video of them cheering, I was like, huh, it was kind of like that here too. I didn't even think about it, right? Mm -hmm. I understand the the criticism. Like I understand where you're coming from, but I don't know, man. Where do you sit yeah. on this? Yeah, I guess I understand. You know what? No, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the criticism. I really don't. So you got entered into a draft lottery and you came out on top. If, if you can't be like, yeah, sweet, that's cool, you know, and, and be excited that you got the number one overall pick, what can you be excited about? The Pirates actually we're won in something. This, whether, you, whether, whether you like the situation or not, we're in it. Why not be excited when you when you actually do get that number one pick? Yeah. Sure, we moved, we, we moved up two spots, but whatever. But we, could, but we could have been eight spots down. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't understand the criticism. I mean, why? Why not just let it go? I mean, it's it's fine. <laughs> They're excited. They got the number one overall pick. Cool. You know, if yeah. you don't like it, if you don't like that they posted that, that's fine. You don't have to. 
but you also don't have to talk about it. <laughs> I, you just don't get it. Let let people enjoy their lives, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought it was funny. This I, there's absolutely nothing. I'm not reading into this even in the slightest. I don't care one bit, right? Um, but I did think uh, it was interesting that like Shelton stood up <laughs> and all the scouts that were over there, whoever they were, they were all high fiving <laughs> each other, and he pumps his fist and he looks around the room and nobody's there to high, to high five him. And he's just like, he's just like, all right, we got it. <laughs> Nobody wants to get, it's not that they were ignoring him. I don't think, but it was just funny because it was just a seating arrangement. Probably. Yeah. And it was, it was oh funny. my gosh, it was funny. But <laughs> Hey, I mean, Travis Williams was there. We don't see him in very many places. So. Right. Right. Uh, you know, that is what it is. All right. Uh, let's, um, let's, let's go down the list into some other things that we're going to talk about before we do. Well, we'll just quickly do the break again without going to break. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at bridge, the number two Bucktober on all of them. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter. I don't check Facebook very much. Instagram, I put pictures up, but that's pretty much the extent of it. So it's Twitter. Basically, um, if you send Facebook messages, we do get to them, but, uh, I usually see them and pass them along to you. Yeah, yeah. Jake will see those first. Uh, but if you want like a quick response, Twitter's the way to go. If you don't have Twitter, there's other ways. Uh, Jake, how do we find the podcast? Audio podcasts are available on your favorite podcast platform. Or if you listen to podcasts, you can find us. Video podcast is available on YouTube. Uh, again, that is the bridge to number two Bucktober on all these. Uh, you know, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast on any, on whatever you're listening to, watching it on YouTube, subscribe, like comments and that comments and that, um, all those things are great. Get, get, get into it, get active. Uh, we, we like to hear from you guys and like to hear what you want to hear us talk about. So the, I will say the audio podcast, it, it, it would be T.O. Bridge to Bucktober rather than the number two. Um, and if you're just searching YouTube, it would be that too. But if you just type in youtube.com slash at bridge, the number two October, you'll get to the site too. Um, but yeah, definitely subscribe so you can get the new ones. Uh, let's keep moving without any further ado. The Pirates did sign two relief pitchers. This was a part that they said they needed to do, and they went and did it. And the first one we're going to talk about is the left-hander Harling Garcia. Um, one-year deal, two point five million, but it does include a club option worth three point two five million. The most interesting thing about this is that club option has no buyout. They can either just let him go to free agency, or they can pick him up for three point two five million. Um, this this is the guy. I think I think this was the first two point five million. We just talked about all the deals. I'm telling you right now, 2.5 million, incredibly cheap compared to what happened this past week. Mm -hmm. Incredibly cheap. Um, I, I just can't get over that. I and and that's that's going to come up again if we have enough time. I can't get over it. Uh, but but this guy's numbers are this guy's numbers are pretty good. Last year, just mm -hmm. a three seven four ERA. Um, ERA is not necessarily the best thing to look at for relief pitchers because it could go high, but that's not high. So that's a good thing. Right. Uh, I think sometimes when the ERAs balloon a little bit, 
it's like, yeah, but, right? But I think mm-hmm. when they're low, they're just low and it's okay. Maybe yeah. I'm missing something there. But strikeouts... No, you know, you, you get you get the body of work in there. I mean, he's throwing 65 innings. It's easy for that ERA to be swayed one way or the other. One outing could mess it up for the whole year. Yeah, but it, it's less so when it's low, right? When it's low, that's a good thing, period. Yeah. When yeah, it's high, you might... Yeah, when it's high, you might say like, yeah, but that was... He had one bad outing or two bad outings. You take those yeah. away and it really was good. So for the majority of the time, it's not like he was always bad. For the majority of the time, he was good. But when he gets mm-hmm. blown up, he gets blown up. You know what I mean? I guess. I don't know. Um, I could see that. He's 29. He'll go into his age 30 season. Um, but he looks like he's like, I think this is a this is a legitimate left-handed pitcher who, who could have a good season. Left-handed pitchers fare pretty well at PNC Park as well. So I think there's some of that there. He's another guy who's he is a reliever um two years ago in 21 his strikeout numbers were were pretty decent not quite like reliever like elite stuff um for his career just 7.24 k's per nine so it's not like it's you know he's not like lighting him up but he's also a left-handed pitcher so that's okay mm-hmm. um he's another santo domingo good... dominican republic guy go ahead yeah, no. i think it's a i think it's a good pickup too because i think this will uh I think this kind of hopefully answers are who's setting up Bednar. Um, I think this is, will be a back end of the bullpen type pitcher even in left handed situations, right? Like, sure. I mean, I don't know how many of those you really count anymore. Nothing you have to throw to three batters, sure. But there's still matchups, you know what I mean? Like, you got some guys coming up, there's still matchups that. That you know the yeah I mean if you're in a critical situation and maybe he'll be the high leverage lefty you know yeah that's maybe it's yeah. the seventh inning he comes in to get out of an inning or something you know that's what I'm but thinking I think this is gonna be yeah I got you then yes I okay. agree with you then okay so yeah I think this is I think this is the one of the two that I'm like okay go ahead you're allowed to be you know a little bit I mean it's as exciting as you can be for a relief pitcher. A relief pitcher is a relief pitcher. Our bullpen was pretty bad last year. We had some pretty lousy lefties out there. This is an improvement over last year. Yeah. And the fact that they went out there and they did it and they got it done, that's that's a good thing too. Um, and like I said, we'll get into more stuff. I'm going to keep moving here because the other guy was Vince yep. Velasquez. Um, and he is a tale of two pitchers here. The one-year contract is worth 3.15. Some different numbers on him as far as it goes. Uh, Another year older, right-handed, but it seems like when he moved to the relief role, uh, drastically improved some of his numbers, Um, or most of his numbers. I mean, his homers per nine (laughs) went from 70% worse than the average to like 30% better than average. So, you know, I guess, you know, you go that way. His walks ended up, I don't know. That's interesting. His walks, I used all the plus stats on this, you know what I mean? (laughs) So way to go. But if you look down at the bottom, like 3.4, so he actually walked more guys as a reliever. That's kind of, Oh, 3.4, that's his K to walk ratio. Uh, no, he walked less guys. Okay. So that up above, that's a better number. Yeah. But the homers per nine, 
like went way down. K's yeah, went up all, a little bit. Walks went down. Please don't try to fix our rotation with this guy. <laughs> that's the big thing. So that's where we're going with Vince Velasquez. I I, I took a long way there. Uh, that's that's my bad. I I legitimately assumed these were both relief pieces to help the bullpen. And I took to Twitter saying, hey, here's this guy, you know, 4780 RA, but 425 as a reliever. And like we said, those numbers aren't always the tail of the tape there. You have to look at, you know, kind of around at, at some of the other numbers. And so out of the bullpen, this is a guy that I feel like we like, right? I mean, this, I mean, we have to figure out where he really, uh, you know, fits in, but you know, then it was brought to my attention that this could be a guy that might be an option starting. And I thought, oh, please, no, that can't be it. But do you like this guy maybe over a Bryce Wilson even? Uh, not over a Bryce Wilson that we saw at the end, towards the end of the year. I mean, I would like him over a Bryce. I don't, I don't want to see Bryce Wilson make it through this offseason. If it means that Vince Velasquez gets an opportunity, for me, like, I'll take it. I'll take it. I just, I'll take it. But I, I don't want to take it. I want it to be better right. than that. Right. But, you know, I just, I think the, the tale's already out on this guy. I think you already know he's a better relief pitcher than he is a starter. He's not an option as a starter. No. But then again, neither is Bryce Wilson. I, I got you. I, I I I agree with you to a point. And some people would argue mm. that it's Zach Thompson that needs to come to go first. But for me, I'd like to see another year out of him. He was not bad in Miami. No, I still feel like there's something. I, I yeah. Not that I'm excited I, about yeah. him at all. I, he's another one that I would like. I would rather have two people signed and neither one of them make it. Mm-hmm. Because you know we got Rowanzi, Mitch, and 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 JT in the rotation. Yeah. They're going to be in there. And if JT's a number five, I'm totally fine with it. If JT's a number yeah. three, I'm like, oh, man, we're mm -hmm. not better. You know what I mean? And that's what he would be in this scenario, even if one of those other two are gone. Right. If Velasquez jumps in. Like, it's got to be better. Yeah, 100%. So th this is a reliever. It has to be. It has to be a reliever. You're spending $3.1 million on him. Not that that's a lot. But compared to the rest of the roster, it kind of is. <laughs> right. And so that's the kind of thing that it's like, gosh, we can't. Okay, so, so you know, let's go down that road. I, I see it. We only got 10 minutes to get to an hour. But let's go down that road a little bit because this leads into the next thing about Jose Quintana signing with the Mets because now we're looking at what are our chances of actually signing the starting pitchers that Sherrington thought he was going to be able to sign? Because I'm telling you right now, the Pirates looked at Kyle Gibson for a minute. And we didn't get an opportunity to talk about this because of the things that happened. They were interested in Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson signed with the Orioles for $10 million. One year, $10 million for a guy who had over a five ERA, and most people think he's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. He was going to be another Quintana situation who was signed for what? 2 million last year. Yeah. 1.5. Maybe I totally forget. The idea is that like, he's not, he was going to be a $10 million starter and Quintana himself got 13 million a year, which I felt like my offer 
we talked about this. My offer mm-hmm. to Quintana would have been two years for $14 million a year. Two years, 28. That's what I wanted to sign Quintana for. He ended up getting two years, 26 with the Mets. And I guarantee you the Pirates were not going to play with that. And if they were going to match it, you're never going to. He's never going to sign with the Pirates when he could go to the Mets, especially after what they just did. But the idea is that I think that when Sherrington went into this offseason and he said, we're going to sign two starters, I think his eyes lit up when he started seeing the price it was going to cost. I mean, J-Mo, great to go to the Cubs and great. I think I think I value you more than other people because of what you've been through and the fact that I rooted for you so hard through all of that. Mm-hmm. But $17.5 million a year? Like, I didn't expect him to get that. Taiwan right. Walker making $18 million a year? That's too much for him. <laughs> He's too hit and miss. That's a, that's a high price tag. Four years on Taiwan Walker, a guy who's been all over the place. He can be he can be much better than JMO, right? He can be much better mm-hmm. than him. He has that kind of stuff, but he also will be much better and will be much worse at times than JMO. So, like, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. You're almost giving him 20 million a year. And we saw that all across the board. This winter meetings, the prices for these players are like I like they're they're jaw dropping numbers. I can't believe yeah. what it costs right now to get a free agent right now. It's a lot. And mm-hmm. relief pitchers are no like it's no joke. That Matt Strom, the lefty relief pitcher, went to the Phils, a relief pitcher, just a lefty, two years fifteen million. You're gonna have to pay. And like we got two relievers for two and three million. Right? Yeah. Chris Martin, who's what, 400 years old, it feels <laughs> like, two years, 17 and a half. <laughs> like, that's serious money. Jansen, two years, 32. And he's not young. 32 million for two years for, oh, he's a closer where the yeah. other two are relievers, but still, that's a lot of money. David mm-hmm. Robertson is like 39 years old, signs one year with the Mets for 10 million. Like, I wonder if the Pirates went into this saying, yeah, we're going to pick up two starters. And they were confident in that. And then they started seeing the, price, seeing the prices and nutting was like, nah, we ain't doing that. I was on board when I thought you could sign a guy for $8 million. I'm not mm-hmm. spending 12 13 14 to get Quintana to come back, right? I don't, I don't know who they're going to sign. I don't see the Pirates getting an improvement. What's Chris yeah. Bassett going to get in this market? He's got to get at least what JMO got. Yeah. He's a $20 million pitcher right now. He has yeah. to be. Yeah, I, I, just, think you're, I think you're underselling JMO a little bit right now. He had a really good year last he year. He had a really, yeah, but as much as Taiwan Walker did, though, yeah. I just didn't expect it to get to $18 million, $17.5 million. I expected like 13 to 15 Or maybe I didn't expect it to be four years. I don't know. I didn't expect it to be that high. I don't think anybody. Did. Yeah. You're just seeing all the prices around going up so high. It's just, it's crazy. JMO, uh, according to like the fan graphs, um, according to the fan graphs poll, the crowdsource and all that stuff, they had him pegged at a 12 million AAV, a three year contract for 12 million. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And if I look at Taiwan Walker, uh, what, what just happened? I picked Pittsburgh instead of Philly. <laughs> I look at Taiwan Walker. They had him pegged at, at, at three years, 13 million a year. And he hit the 18 mark. So you see what I'm saying? Like they're just, yeah. and Jamos was 17 million, not 17 and a half. So like we expected the 12 and $13 million guys are now like they're up above that yeah. per year and getting an extra year and things like that. So there are just some guys who are they're they're going above what the expectations were to bring that guy in. And I think that, I mean, is there a, is there a guess for Quintana here? Where's the Mets? I want to see the signed. They had him pegged at 12 million. So he's only hit 13 million. So that seems fair, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Quintana had a better year last year than JMO did. Yeah. It's, it, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting how a lot of these play out too, because you're going off what they've done past year, two years. Now the shift's gone. If you're not a high strikeout guy, your numbers are going to fluctuate. Yeah, maybe. I, I I hadn't thought about it. I've thought about it, how it's going to work with, with hitters a little more than I have pitchers. And um, it, I think it's going to matter who's behind you. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, I don't know. It is. I don't know. That might play. It's, it's just going to be everything's going to be interesting to see play out. Just be, and and I and I say that, and it's not like I'm a fan of the way that we're kind of disbanding the shift a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, so I don't want to I don't want to crush it and like say oh, everything's going to change now that we can't because we didn't shift a lot before, and the game was just fine. But the fact is, we're going from doing it a lot to not doing it. It was definitely overpowered. Yes. It changed the way hitters approached the game. If you were a a, home, a guy who gave up home runs, you you suffered. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, I don't know. I don't really know. I'm not going to guess because I have not thought about that. And you know how I am. I, I don't want to dive into something that I haven't uh, <laughs> that I haven't prepared for. Um, right. But that is interesting. And and I'm all I'm saying here is the prices for these free agents have gone up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to, I think that has changed the Pirates' approach because I think that they are a little outpriced a little more than they thought they were going to be. Yeah. And I wonder if that has changed their approach. And maybe not. If you're a naysayer out there who said they were just saying things to make us feel warm and fuzzy and they never intended to sign a starting pitcher to begin with, then you have, you can say that all you want. I, we won't be able to prove anybody wrong in this situation. And I'm not even saying that I really like bought into what they were saying. I'm just wondering if they mm-hmm. thought they were going to bring in a couple and they looked at Kyle Gibson and all of us said, I don't know if that's it. And then he <laughs> ended up signing for 10 million. I think that's the one that everybody's going to go. Oh, so a five ERA pitcher who needs a reclamation team goes for 10 million. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fix our rotation? I mean, you're talking about JT Brubaker getting 10 million if he was mm-hmm. in the open market right now. You're going to fix this team with that? No. <laughs> you're going to have to pay. And quite frankly, as much as I want to see the rotation get better, 
we're not in a position to do that. This is not the year to sign a four-year starting pitcher for $68 million. Well, didn't uh, you don't even have that in here? Uh, I, the Nationals just signed, uh, what's his face? He used to pitch for us. Trevor Williams, yeah. Trevor Williams, how much did he get? He got six and a half a year, so two years, $13 million, But he hasn't. He hasn't done anything. No. No. But that's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Good point. He hasn't done anything. He's getting six and a half million. Now, so his ERA last season, um, he only started he only started nine games though, but it was a three twenty one ERA. He's not a big strikeout guy. He may be a guy that actually fares decent with the shift because of the way he pitches the contact. Um, geez, yeah, I don't know, man. Eight point four three Ks per nine. That's actually not too bad. Less walks. Uh Dude, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, you're talking about... Uh, I'd hate to be a GM right now. I really would. I think that it's interesting. Like, I think that there's a, there's a shift. He had a couple bad... Like, his 2020 with us was really bad. Um, his, his, his Chicago and Mets kind of splits were really split. He was way better with the Mets in 21. And then he was still pretty decent with the Mets last year. 89 innings, 321 ERA. Um, you know, that's those are those are good numbers. That's yeah, a little better than I thought. But still, he's he's nine starts last year. He had three starts with the Mets the year before that. He's spot starting. So in 21, he had 10, 10 games, three of them were starts. Last year he had 30 games, nine of them were starts. So it's like a hybrid kind of a thing. He's not starting all the time. So I don't know, man. I, you know, I don't know what to think. But he got six and a half, and that's probably like where that's probably a contract the Pirates would play in. But like, mm-hmm. if they sign Trevor Williams to go in right into our rotation right now, I don't feel like that's still saw. I think he slots right under Brubaker. Like yeah. it's not that's not bringing Quintana back. That's not going out and getting like a good pitcher. And the problem is, is right now it's just a hard spot for them. I don't think this is the time to sign a four-year contract of a guy who's not like you want to show that you can win before you're going to bring in a guy like that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess less so on the pirate side and more so on the player side, right? How are you going to talk a guy in who wants a four-year deal? How are you going to talk him into coming here? You're not. Right. He's not coming. Right. For the pirates, sure, it w- still would make sense to, to to bring in somebody like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. for the player, he, you're just not going to. You're looking right. for the guy who's looking for a one or two year deal, prove himself, or if it's a if it's a guy like Quintana who liked being here, bring him in for mm-hmm. two years and say, mm-hmm. We want to you to to help us bridge this gap and to be better. You're going to help us be better. Yeah. You can't fault him. He should have went to the Mets. Yeah. I just thought, you know, the Pirates are gonna have to overpay if they want to get a guy like that. It's Ain't we're just not more than that. They're just not going to. They can't mm-hmm. afford to overpay. They're not going to be able to overpay for Kyle Gibson. He's right. not worth any more than $10 million. I, that's just a hard one for me. And it, the, the Pirates were legitimately legitimately priced out. And I'm, I've been very critical of the fact that the Pirates could spend more money and don't. I feel like this week... They were legitimately priced out. And the reason I say that is 
Kyle Gibson was a fringe player for me. I didn't know if that was the right signing or not. When they were looking at him, I was like, ah, I don't know. There has to be somebody better than him. When he went for $10 million, it was like, they're not going to do this. <laughs> You're not going to talk nutting into right. signing these guys for this money. Not because I wouldn't do it, not because I don't think they should, but we know the reality of this, guys. Mm -hmm. He's not going to fork that over for a subpar pitcher who might work out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and you know, to a point, I don't, I don't really blame him on that. You know, on yeah, the, if that's the price of him, you yeah. got nothing on the books right now. Hardly, you could afford to overpay for some guys, but when the going rate is already high, yeah, I would have been okay going no, ten no, million for a guy. Afford, like, you can afford to overpay for a guy, but you want to know what you're getting out of that guy that you're overpaying for. Yeah, you don't want to overpay on a chance, right? Yeah, I would actually be leery. I don't think the Pirates are in a position to go get a guy like Chris Bassett because, to be honest with you, the body of work is not there for me to say, sure, he's got it figured out now. I'm not, it's, and maybe I, maybe I haven't looked at his numbers enough, but... Yeah, I mean, he was really good in Oakland. Okay. So I was thinking more or I mean, less came on the scene the last you know year, year and a half, such a thing. I'm, I'm almost positive he got traded from them, and it was a big deal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we're we're a little bit over the hour, so I'm not going to look his numbers up. Mm -hmm. um, I will just I I do want to say uh, just because of this, because uh, of this conversation and the way it's gone, uh, the fact that Jose Quintana signed there, and 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 the fact that these free agents are doing what they're doing, I I don't have much uh I don't have much hope for the Pirates to be able to improve this starting rotation this year. I think we're going to see Bryce Wilson, Zach Thompson, maybe Vince Velasquez. I you know I dude, I'm at the point right now where. I just don't have much hope for it. No. I just Yeah, I'm, I'm I, there with you. I can't see how it makes sense. I, I don't see them spending that kind of money. Unfortunately, they could. They should. I just fear for that. And so as far as what the Mets are doing and the Padres, first off, the Padres are not a small market team. That's, I'm not even going to talk about it. It's ridiculous that that's even going around. They were part of the problem in this league of big markets mm -hmm. not spending money, much like the Chicago Cubs. Um, the Pirates are not in that realm. However, they are still part of the problem because they don't spend what they could. They don't have right. Padres money, and Padres have really been bad about it. But one team that's absolutely out of their minds right now, um, spending out of their minds, is the New York Mets. They're way over the threshold. Over. They're in that fourth tier. And again, as much as the Pirates are part of the problem in not spending... This is a problem, too. There are penalties. There is a soft cap in Major League Baseball. There is no floor. There needs to be a floor. That would fix the Pirates' problem. Mm -hmm. At least somewhat, right? If they were forced to spend $100 million Yeah. Or whatever it is. But the Mets are, are going to pay over $100 million in tax dollars. Most teams are being very cautious about this luxury tax Cohen and the Mets are like screw it dude we're blowing this thing out of the water I'm assuming uh, what it say 421 million is going to be their payroll if you count in the salaries plus the tax they have to pay so basically he's like I can do 421 million with our revenue right here I can do 421 so he doesn't even care he's pay he's paying 90% taxes right now <laughs> are you kidding me it's insane his tax dollars is higher than several teams' payroll. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, we're going to see a piece of that pie, right? The, the tax dollars that they pay into this, we're going to see. The problem yeah. is, is that all we'll do with it is, hey, you the money that you get that the Mets are paying, the cut that you get from that, you have to spend on player salaries. So all nutting says is, oh, cool. So I don't have to spend my own money on player salaries. I can just play, spend that. There's no conviction. I think you should have to spend equal money. Yeah. Every dollar that you spend of the tax money, you have to match it with a dollar of your own. Yeah. You know what I mean? There has to be mm -hmm. something. There has to be there has to be more stipulation on the major league team, on the 40-man roster, I'll say. Yep. Is this good for the game or is this not? Because we like the players. We think they should get paid. The players are getting paid right now. They are. Is this good for the game, what the Mets specifically are doing? I want to say no, but they have every right to do it in the way it's laid out. And the reason I want to say no, it's not good for the game is because I don't want a salary cap. And they are taking full advantage of the system. I mean, they're paying. They're 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 not cheating it. They're just taking advantage of what they they're allowed to do. And and they're paying their penalty. And they're paying their penalties. And 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 that's all well and good. But it's like you said. You gotta you gotta hold these other market these other teams in saying yeah well there's got to be another stipulation to make the lower salary teams pay more not just hey here's the money they get pay use this to pay your salaries and then you don't have to really spend that much of your own money well that's the way they turn it it's supposed to be to add to right but you know right. that, I mean well, obviously but, they're not but you're doing right that. more stipulations yeah on that end. But so I don't know. the thing about um, a salary cap is that it comes with a floor. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how the system works. It's totally different in baseball. Mm -hmm. it, there's not a part of me that really says right now in the more I watch this, there's not a part of me that really says like, I don't want a salary cap, but like, I feel like we already have one, but we have a loose cap. That's penalized. But what the difference is, is what we don't have that the other sports that are salary capping have is we don't have one form of revenue. The NFL mm -hmm. makes money. And then because, and we're talking about TV deals, right? It's different when you're talking about stadium and you know, what you get locally and the revenue that you bring in all that stuff split up in baseball too. There's a lot of that, but those TV deals, the NFL gets one TV deal and then it just filters down. Everybody gets an even cut. That's not the way baseball works. You can negotiate whatever you want. And there is a piece of that that feels unfair to say, well, just because the Yankees TV deal is worth a lot and ours isn't, that's our fault. Like we, I mean, we couldn't have a better TV deal than them, but ours could be better than what it is, I guess. So I don't know. I don't really want to go down that path of salary cap or not, um, even though that's you know part of this discussion. What makes it bad for me is they're taking the Pirates out of this legitimately. They really are. The way these prices are going up for player salaries, they're kind of taking the Pirates out of it legitimately. So I say that again to say the Pirates could spend more money than they are. They could put forth more of an effort than they are. However, they'll never get Aaron Judge. Mm -mm. Never. They'll never get Trey Turner, Soto, Harper, any of these guys. They cannot do that. 
As much as I think, yes, they could have 100% played in the Quintana. They could have 100% paid $18 million for Jamison Tyon. I'm not saying these are decisions they should have made or should not have made or whatever. They can play there, and they don't. They could play. Uh, what did Nimmo get? 162 over eight years? They could give that to Brian Reynolds. Mm-hmm. They can play in that. But they're not getting into this $30, $40 million stuff. No. And within reason, because they'd be the only guy they pay money to. <laughs> it's This is damaging to teams like Pittsburgh and Cleveland. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the Cubs went out there, and they got the green light to spend. They were terrible, too. And they just said, Cody Bellinger's not a shoe-in to be a good player at all. Mm-hmm. $17.5 for Cody Bellinger is a risk. It's not because it's a one-year deal, right? I, I tell you that all right. the time. One-year right. deals don't, I mean, like, this. if it doesn't work out, who cares? You you had your payroll. You had your budget. He fits in it. Who cares? Unless you missed out on someone else because of it, it's a no-risk pick or signing. Yep. And the fact that he's won an MVP before, he's been a rookie of the year, his, his price is that high, period. Like it or not. But it's still a risk because he's not the same player he was. Right. And he's got to show that he's, the injuries have been the reason for this. You know, because he's had some injuries. Yeah. And we get that. If he can, if, but right now we don't know if that's injuries or if he's just regressed. The thing is, is the Pirates can't do that. They're not going to be able to fill their team up with these guys, especially guys who, if, if you're going to spend 20 million on a player in Pittsburgh, you better be good. Mm-hmm. You better not be risky. Better not be a fringe player. They can't afford making the same type of move that Milwaukee made with Christian Yelich. It's killing them. They're taking three steps back right now, and they can't help it. And when these pitchers become time to get paid, they're not going to be able to pay them. Right. They're going to have to trade those guys and try to re- re- restack this thing because that Yelich deal is killing them. And it's an okay risk to take because had they won with him all the way, it would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. But the, since they didn't, and now... They're paying that kind of money for a guy who's basically a little bit less than what he even was in Miami. The Pirates can't afford something like that to happen. Chris Davis absolutely crushed Baltimore. Oh, yeah. He's finally off the books. Good timing because they're now a good team. Looks like they're going to be. Yeah. I'm just telling you, man, when you see stuff like this, it drives the Pirates out legitimately. Like I said, the Pirates could legitimately spend a hundred million on on uh, on a on a payroll on salaries. Mm-hmm. These types of teams are pulling the hundred million teams out of the equation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you're over a hundred million in tax dollars, if the Pirates if if they would spend a hundred million this year, our our fan base would be like, "All right, let's go." I, I like what you're doing here. Except they can't spend a hundred million dollars on a good team right now. Because of this. Right. Maybe they can. Maybe there's a path. Maybe I'm just super frustrated at the fact that, like, it's a it's a four-team race right now. Now, that's to get good players. I guess I'll end my whole rant with this. Spending money doesn't mean you're going to win. You can't buy wins in this league. You can give yourself a much better chance at it, for sure. 
<laughs> but you can't buy wins in this league. You have to play the games. However, if you want to improve and you want to win games, you do have to spend money. Mm-hmm. You just have to. You can't keep going this way. It, it works both ways. Because you can spend hundreds of millions of dollars and it's really not going to make you win games over a team that legitimately puts together a hundred to $150 million salary or uh, budget or payroll because mm-hmm. those teams are still full of good players, at least, yeah. at least at the 150 realm, 350 versus a team versus a team. That's 150 million. There's no, it could, if you have good players on that $150 million team, right? Mm-hmm. You, you could still be a good team. Like you'd, you have to spend money to win, but spending money doesn't guarantee you win. Right. And the, the these the amount of money these teams are spending is fair because they can afford it. That's it. And for those of you who say, yes, Bob Nutting is cheap and Cohen's going out and spending all his own money, I guarantee you the Mets make enough revenue to cover the cost of this. He's not spending his own money from other things. This is money. He may be making less off the Mets, right? Yeah. He's still making a profit at the end of the day. And he's still getting paid for being the owner. Yeah. He's not putting that franchise in the red. So next time you say nutting can spend because he's got all these other things, it's an illegitimate argument. He can spend because the pirates make enough money for him to spend. Right. That's all. You got anything else, man? That's, that's, um, I'm done. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm... You had, a, you had your rant, right? Mm-hmm. I had mine. We're satisfied. Let's get out of here with this thing. I don't I'm not ready for it, but let's get out of here with this thing. You good? I'm good. I, I've already asked you. You said you said you are. <laughs> so that's all we got here. Uh next week's gonna be fun. And we're getting closer to Christmas. So let's go bucks. Yep. Let's go bucks. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks! <laughs>